0: Welcome back to the Four Gardens Podcast. I'm Jake Ifshin. The Four Gardens are an approach I'm developing to cultivate a life of balance, joy, and abundance by focusing on four key areas. On this show, I talk to people inspiring me in those four areas of life, of health, nature, creativity, and service. To learn more, go to the website fourgardenspodcast.com and follow at fourgardenspodcast on Instagram. Make sure to like and subscribe to hear new episodes and support this project. Today, Neil Akselioglu is a friend who I met through Washington, D.C. yoga and conscious dance communities that we're both members of. I was intrigued when she posted about her new coaching practice focused on relationships and sexuality. I'm looking forward to learning more about Neil and her new business. So let's jump back in. Neil, thanks for coming on the podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me, Jake. I'm excited to be here.
0: I love when friends open a new business or a new practice, especially one that's transformational, that's really helping people with the big challenges in life and the big opportunities in our lives. And so when I saw the videos you were making, um, I got really mm-hmm. curious. And I'd love it if you could just start off by just introducing this new work you're doing.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. Thank um, yeah, so I had been thinking about what is it that I want to do after transitioning from being with my family and my children for so long, and was um, a yoga teacher, which I've been practicing yoga for over 20 years, and um, came upon this coaching methodology called the Vita method, and it basically just takes the most effective teachings of like modern neurobiology, holistic healing, and modern coaching and combines and blends them with like ancient wisdom and teachings um, through Tantra, through Taoism, And it really spoke to me being um, a spiritual person, someone like really rooted in in yogic philosophy for so long, for like two decades now, that it really spoke to me um, when I came upon a method of helping people integrate um, their traumas and just lived experiences in a way that is science-backed, but also like really rooted in ancient teachings and philosophies that really speaks to me the most. And so this is um, something I was really excited to dive into and learn about and it's a full year container and it's super transformational. And I like to um, think of it as almost like a journey home. Like When I started doing the practices myself, I recognized it was like really a deep dive into the self and through yoga also, which is like self-study is such a, a foundational principle of practicing yoga. I really love that this methodology really dives into into the self, into self-discovery, into recognizing our fears and blockages and conditionings and really integrating them so that they no longer control us and we can make our decisions from a place of alignment and groundedness from our true essence.
0: So I'm hearing that even though this is a, a practice that draws on sexuality, on interpersonal relationships, it is really something that's integrating a lot about self, a lot about how we're showing up in our own. Does, your, does, your, does this practice begin, it sounds like, with self work and self exploration?
1: Absolutely. And it's like really important point that you make. Um, you know, when we think about sexuality, you know, of course, everyone, as soon as you even say the word sexuality, we all have different images and thoughts that come into our mind. But it's absolutely that journey to self. It's all about really getting to know yourself, your love, your likes, your dislikes how you operate in the world, according to like relationship, your previous relationships, relationships with your family, with your caregivers, your inner child, um, and uncovering all of that to really start bringing up again, your true essence and what does sexuality mean to you um, versus what we've been absorbing from our culture, from society, um, from conditioning, from our own families. Um, so it's really a transformational um, process where you really go into deep self work and understanding so that you can really uncover your true nature like what does it mean to you like what does sexuality actually mean to you without all of the voices that we're given through our birth basically
0: so i'd love to hear what that what that means to you and you know i've known you as what sexuality means to you because i've known you as you know we're I exist. With, this is one of the reasons I love about this podcast is I get to coexist with many beautiful people with through yeah. dance and through and through yoga. But sometimes we don't have these deep conversations. We don't like we're existing in this beautiful bubble. Sometimes of movement and healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important. You're you know you're bringing a one-on-one conversation practice to people to go deeper. And so am I with this podcast too. And so I'm curious. Yeah, learning about you too and what you know your personal story of what you're bringing to what sexuality means to you and how you're using it. In your in your life and your spiritual practice.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Um, for me, it's interesting. So through this process, like there's a lot of rewriting, like really seeing what you know, first of all, the just the languaging and the messaging I received as a child growing up. Um, and my family immigrated from Turkey. So we have very um sort of my I was told like you need to be a virgin when you get married, and like you can't use tampons, because you'll lose your virginity, like all of this stuff was just like psh, thrown onto me before I even was able to explore anything. There was like a lot of shame, you know, around it. And um, and so for me, it's been taking this process of like really, but then of course, as a teen, I was like a very sexual person. I loved it, you know, like exploring and um, just having those experiences, you know, through college and stuff of really coming into my own sexuality. And sort of trying to leave behind what I was told from my own family Um, and so for me at this point in my life um, sexuality for me honestly I have really come to a place and where I feel like intimacy is a pathway or a pathway not the only pathway but intimacy is a pathway to my highest consciousness to um, touching the divine to really like expanded expanded consciousness, um, similar to how um, we engage sometimes in plant medicines and other things that are expanding our consciousness. I feel like when you really dive into um, your sexuality from a place of deep intention, of reverence, of love for self, um, it has the potential to be um, a pathway to deepest consciousness and of highest self. Like it's really. Connecting me to my spiritual practice um, and recognizing um, all of it is beautiful. All of it is valid. We're sexual, sensual beings, and no matter how you express it, even if it's you know being wild and crazy, you know, for one night, or having a beautiful, profound, you know, sacred sexuality practice with a partner, it's yours, and you get to claim it, and you get to own it. and And that's my hope as I work with people is just like that reclamation you know, of like I get to express myself the way that I want to, and it's perfect exactly the way it is.
0: So you mentioned exactly. before of like your conditioning getting in the way of that in a way of being blockages. And I, I've experienced that as a man, you know, my own version of that we all have of mm-hmm. conditioning and other shame and other blockages. And um, is that part of your, the work what you're working with too around shame, around expression? Uh, how does that fit into the picture of all these Roadblocks that have been put up to healthy sexuality and spiritual sexuality. How does that work in your in your practice?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as we go through this program, um, if I do like one-on-one coaching, we have a very specific methodology that we use to like really go into the so the soma. So it's very somatic based, really feeling into the body um, as we bring up whatever it is that you know the client may be looking. To work with to really feel like what's going on within the body so if shame presents itself in you know your solar plexus or lower belly or whatever like really diving into those spaces and uncovering like what is that what is the voice like who is this that's there and like really starting to uncover it and accepting our shame so so much in our society we're like ah shame no i don't want to feel it you know and you want to get rid of it and you want to like somehow like, extracted from your body and throw it away and like i don't want to be associated to that that's so low vibe you know and it's like no it's part of us like so this process is like really understanding like we have a saying in our program like we eat shame for breakfast like it's I love it. shame yeah. is here. It's, here it's here it's you it's me um and lovingly sending so much love and self-compassion to those parts of us that are feeling shameful really feeling the shame and allowing it to integrate so that we can move beyond it and open up the pathways to exp- exploration to pleasure to desire where it's not holding us anymore and like making decisions from that place of shame like shame is here and it exists fear is here and exists but how can we love it how can we hold it with such compassion and tenderness and allow it to be like allow it to like live in me as much as my joy as much as my ecstatic bliss and still be able to like move forward in exploring our desires and exploring our pleasure and love and relationship. Um, I feel like it is a, a real roadblock. All of these fear, you know things: fears, shame, guilt, disgust. Like we have so much of it embedded in all of us that once we can really accept it and love it as you know to the best of our abilities, that we can move beyond it to our original essence. It's really work about coming to back to your original essence. Like. That's really, if I could say one thing, you know, I always like to say just the journey home, you know, to, to true original essence.
0: I love that. And I, I just really, I, I resonate with that in a, a lot of levels and that the idea of separating shame or shame being something we would cut off or just all, all the conditioning I mentioned too, or, or mm-hmm. what things we label good or bad, you know, that are really neat, neither that we're carrying yeah. with us are part of us to are part of me. Yes. And so I think that that p- potential and, and, um, in with conscious sexuality of, playing with the shame, of integrating it, of accepting it, of seeing it, it Mm -hmm. just feels so powerful because that also, to me, I see that as blocking creative energy, blocking us from showing up in other areas of of our lives. So yeah, I guess I'm seeing the stakes as being pretty high with sexuality too. There's a lot of, um, but yeah, what is the, let's go into that. Like what is the, what are the stakes of of love and sexuality? You know, you talk about a spiritual uh, awakening that can happen through this, but I feel like there's many impacts this can have uh, across the holistic picture of our lives when we do this work. Um what are some of those?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's like it's interesting like in our culture and I know you know we were chatting about this before a little bit like of how in America we feel like we're so sex positive, you know, we have like everything, you know, nudity and and porn and everything, you know, all of this sort of like oh yeah, we're just so progressive sexually, but we're not. We're like so sex negative, you know. And um and coming to that place where Accepting our sexuality as it's our life force energy. I mean, even if you don't ever choose to create a baby, it is our life force. This, this is our life force energy, you know, and yoga, our sacral chakras. And it's like where all of this like vibrant life force energy lives and resides within us. And we're always trying to tamp it down and like close it off and we block it. And, um, and that's like where our creativity lives, you know, and it's like all of this beauty of, our liberation and feeling whole and feeling, you know, just like pleasure of life. Um, And so for me, it's been really an exploration of when we remove those blockages, when we really integrate all of these pieces of ourselves, how that impacts everything. Like when you're feeling sexually whole, when you're feeling, even if you don't have a partner, you're not even sexually active, but you're having like intentional self pleasure practices and you're really giving that love back to yourself and you're really tuning into your own energy, that love, that passion, that lives within you before you even try to share it with somebody else. It just creates an element of alignment, I feel like, of highest consciousness, of your energetic body, of your physical body, of your emotions, like everything is felt, everything is seen, and everything is accepted and loved um, unconditionally through self. And so I feel like it ripples out into your community and how you show up in community It ripples out into how you show up in your workplace, in your family, when you really bring everything into alignment. So I feel like it's like a puzzle piece, almost, if you will, of everything else fitting together. And so if that one puzzle that is life force is out of, you know, out of place or doesn't fit or out of balance, um, then everything kind of trickles out of balance, in my opinion. Even like our energy of being joyful, you know, like if we can just feel in alignment with this part of us that we shame so much. You know, I feel like it just ripples out into everything that we do.
0: Definitely resonate with that, and um, witnessing that in the world. Witnessing, I think about the violence in the world too that comes out of sexuality and sexual shame across the globe and in our culture too. Um, you know, men, men and women, self violence. You know, with the whether it's I think you know anything from literal violence against women against self to uh, eating disorders and psychological disorders, things like that. I'm not, and I don't offer s- sexual healing as a cure all. I'm not offering that, but I just see that as part of the bigger cultural healing that needs to happen. And then I see all these symptoms, these negative things happening. And I love that you're, you keep it, you framed it very positively too, of like what we can achieve, how we can mm-hmm. feel, I think, how the integration that can happen when um, even personal sexual practice, not even with a partner. I noticed you were sharing that. Um, offerings around that. I really think that's exciting to, um, guide people into like a personal self sexuality practice that isn't maybe just so porn based, um, or so. Yeah. Can you say a little more about what you're, what you teach around personal pleasuring? I think that's fascinating.
1: Yeah, you know, like honestly, it was fascinating for me as well to um, to get into this container where um, the practices that I share with clients, with groups, like everything that I'll be offering, is something that I've done. Like our requirement was to do like every single practice. We had a new one every week, a new practice, a new meditation. We had to do all of them like three times within that week. So everything um, it really opened my eyes to self pleasure as a place like. The invitation is always to just listen and honor the body. So even if we're you know doing like a primal you know uh, sexuality practice for instance where there's like a lot of like heavy breathing and all of this like energy work and then going into a pleasure practice and maybe in that moment you know you just feel like you just want to like hold yourself and just give yourself maybe just nourishing touch you know and listening to our bodies so much and so often as men and women and non-binary individuals like we we try to show up the way that we think we are supposed to show up you know like i'm supposed to go like you know go hard go big or go home you know and like instead of like what does my body actually really want you know and so an intentional self-pleasure practice away from screens um and away from any other kind of like overstimulating thing, it's allowing yourself to really tune into your own energetic body, to your own physicality, and to really, you're listening like with that real nuanced ear of like, what is it that I really want right now? And maybe it's to turn myself on and have that beautiful practice, but maybe it's just allow myself to like hold myself in fetal and just rock and, you know, and you're listening, you know, you're listening like, you're doing what your body is being called to do in that moment. Um, so I am looking forward to guiding um, different different things around that um, at some point in closed containers, of course, it's really important to keep a safe container. you know. But if you can imagine we had like on these calls, we'd have like 250 women on Zoom wow. all doing this practice. It's almost like when you think of like group, med- I like to think of like when we think of like the power of group meditation, of like a whole like hundreds of people getting together to meditate and how powerful that is and then also thinking about it like people intentionally invoking joy and pleasure and bliss within their own bodies um is powerful in my opinion
0: so powerful and i was recently at a tantra festival in mexico a few weeks ago and got to experience these large containers of Mm -hmm. people um doing doing that workshop basically of self-pleasuring without um without it necessarily being so sexual but it just being whatever you know under their blanket whatever they want to however they want to enjoy themselves and so it's quite a thing to experience that energy 250 women on zoom (laughs) i can imagine dude that's amazing i definitely was probably like many others just someone i'm sure it's somewhere many points along the way as a child someone said don't touch yourself you know some teacher was like don't get your hands off yourself and um when i realized you know it's a just getting people to touch themselves is free medicine. I mean, you and, we used to have these events. And uh, Nil and I were part of a group called Low Hanging Fruit. It's still, still doing, uh, shout out to Umair, who's still organizing some of these. And the idea was, what's the, the medicine and healing that's available to us in every moment? And actually, just touching your own face, touching your own body, um, doesn't need to be sexual, is just free medicine. And I went to a dance workshop where they, that was pointed out. You can touch yourself while you dance. And I'm like, oh, I never did that. I never put my hands on myself when I danced and now I do, and it's added another dimension to my life. And so just this kind of reopening of our, like just start with sensuality. Don't even go to sensual, starting with sensual touch on ourselves is huge. I think it's a big um, breakthrough for many of us. For me, it was just to bring that back into my life. So thank you for championing, championing that.
1: Yeah, it's my pleasure. And I feel like, um, yeah, exactly what you were saying. It's so nourishing to the nervous system as well. Um, And in our like day-to-day and even, um, you know, we do a lot of trauma integration in my work. It's like understanding that we can have really hard lived experiences and experience pleasure in the moment. Um, So we do a lot of pendulating between like sort of being triggered, going to a triggered place and then pendulating back into pleasure and pendulating back into this triggered place and then back into pleasure and understanding it's always available to us. And it's funny that you mentioned that about dancing. I do that too all the time now. And like, even when I'm like sitting here, I'll just start touching my hands and my legs. And it's just so soothing to the nervous system. And yeah, you made a really important point about like separating, you know, the sensual touch from the sexual touch. And both of them are beautiful, of course, but obviously only, you know, certain appropriate places to be exploring that. Um, But how it's like, our mind is so wired in our, in our culture here, especially in the States of like, oh, sexual is this. And like, people don't want to talk about it. It's like, you have to like, Hey, you know, go in the corner and like have right. a conversation, you know, like, why am I whispering? This is like, what we all want. Like, hello. This is like, everybody loves it, but we have like such a hard time bringing it into conversation. We have like bringing it to the kitchen table. Like I talk about it with my boys, we're both teenagers and they're so Amazing. embarrassed.
0: Thank you for doing that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's yeah, right? It's just like I want them so used to having this conversation that as they become adults, that it's it's just natural, you know.
0: Yes, yeah, getting like destigmatizing this, taking the taboo away. Thanks for doing that as a mom. That's a, that's an important um, you. place you're sharing your your gift, you're cultivating here mm. around this too. And um, I think about let's talk about sexuality more and sexual touch of. uh, what I've been learning about it too, and I like love your take on this is around dopamine versus oxytocin too, and the kind of learning about we talked about porn and uh, this kind of release based focus. This is the way I've seen seeing it learning about it is um, or experiencing it too, is sexuality as focused on orgasm, focused on like uh, that kind of pleasure dopamine addiction we get. That's the same as sugar, the same as cocaine, the same as money. this kind of fast like pleasure mm-hmm. versus oxytocin I've learned is more of the bonding chemical and i've experienced that too in, in, in my own relationships of what it feels like to be um, experiencing sexuality and from the more sensual connective bonding place versus a release getting high kind of place and so i, I love your to hear your take on that kind of um, the kind of sh- shades of that and how that um, maps into your work
1: yeah um there's so much well around that <laughs> we have so much we can talk about that um, as far as I've done a lot of my own research as well, having two teenage boys um around porn and whatnot, and um, there's so many resources out there, of course, you know, like Fight the new drug is a great website that I'm gonna be using with my boys, but the understanding like exactly, yeah, so it's like that that dopamine hit, right, and we're so again we're so conditioned to believe um sex is like, okay, go for the goal, you know, like da 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 orgasm, you know, and like we miss the most beautiful parts of um, like oxytocin and the connection and the bonding with another individual is so important. But even if you're pleasuring on your own, like that journey of sensation, right? Like the, you know, in Tantra, like the five senses reality, you know, like really feeling everything, you know, like when we are going with this mindset of, and it's, you know, um, with, with compulsive porn watching, especially is you've, I'm sure you've researched, but for people who don't, aren't aware, um, like that dopamine hit, it's like, so we have our pathways, and just as babies learning how to walk, we build that pathway over and over and over again. It's like a trench almost, if you can imagine, you know, that's created. And so when we do a lot of compulsive porn watching, what happens is like your brain just knows that one pathway of, of having sex. So when you are with, engaged with another person, it's really hard, you know, it takes too long and you get frustrated or whatever else may be happening. Like your mind gets involved instead of your senses. So that's like, it's like a one way street when we have that dopamine fix, we want it fast. And the, so it's like rewiring all of that, really having to like rewire the pathway to understand like, okay, I actually want to really feel my senses. I'm going to feel my whole body lit up. I want to feel my emotions in this moment. Like really love myself really love my body really love my partner whoever i'm with if i'm with a partner like it's a whole different pathway it's a whole new neural network that's being developed and um and it takes time and patience and compassion um for self if that is something that one is working with and um and so i feel like it's it's really important to just be curious You know be curious even if there's if you're if a person recognizes that this is how i relate you know sexually in general like maybe i can change we have infinite ways of relating and infinite ways of um of coming into a space of intimacy with self or with with another and to just get really curious as like okay that is one way and the dopamine fix is is a surefire way but it's like boom gone where the other one is like really taking time, building energy, building sensation to a point where it's like all consuming of self, of the room, of the cosmos, you know, um, and that's not going to be an experience for everybody every single day, you know, but it's like, it's a beautiful place to be curious about. I feel like it's all rooted in curiosity, in my in my opinion.
0: Curiosity, authenticity, too, is, is I think bringing that to to partners, men and women, uh, non-binary, whoever you are bringing being able to name your arousal pattern like that—if this is my been my pattern, this is what I'm working on. Uh, one great workshop I went to last week was about just she mapped authenticity and intimacy. They're like they're the more authentic we can be, the more intimate we can really be. The more and the more honest and truths we tell our partners and ourselves, the more intimacy we can grow. And I, I really love that. I was like, oh, that's you know yes. really clicked for me. And so I think for people. I, I'm experiencing what you described with porn. I'm, I think me and every other man, and most mm-hmm. men are experiencing many women um, that, you know, I grew up, I'm 36 now. And so I c- came of age in the early 2000s where the beginning of internet pornography, I definitely looked at internet pornography and it shaped as well as like, I think that created challenging conditions for me with sexuality as well as drugs and alcohol too. um, are in the mix for many people. I mean, I, I know alcohol was always in the mix with early sexual experiences for me so there's like a lot of work to do in a name but just to bring it back to authenticity is like for me now the practice to name that of like hey this is my pattern with arousal with intimacy that i'm working on with a partner that now it's like my work to to name that and it's something that's very powerfully connective to say that and to create space for your partner too to say oh and here's my thing is that i don't feel safe without this happening i don't feel um i need support here I need it to go slower. I need more of this, um, just to create that, to model that safe space for a partner is something that I just really want to encourage everybody. And mod- I'm, I'm a- offering that. I do that now, and to offer that to others to um, to work with that in their practice.
1: Yeah, that's so powerful, Jake. Um, and yeah, it's it's so so valid. And also, like thinking of the authenticity and the truthful piece is so important. Like I just want to be like yes when you're talking about it because. It, it also you know bringing it back again to porn like when we think about porn I love that practice of naming it I love the practice of owning it of like taking it out of shame because I feel like that's where shame and guilt and disgust all reside and like it's okay it's okay to feel all those things you know and it's okay to claim it and to recognize it and to know that you are working to, you know like any aspect of ourselves any part of our healing that we're working on um it's another component of that and to take it out of the shadows so much and bring it into this like beautiful light of love that you have for yourself and a journey. Um, and like the authenticity piece, the truthful piece. Yes, if a partner can show up and be like, I really need you to go slower. Like, I really need this from you. Or I really, you know, I really enjoy it when we do this. Or like, we're so afraid to communicate that to our partners that, you know, they're not gonna be on board or they're gonna leave us. And like the abandonment thing comes in. and. Um, It's so powerful to reflect, as you said, to one another. This is a space where we can explore with one another. This is a slave. All of you is appreciated. All of you is loved and accepted here. And from that place of acceptance and that place of deep love of self so that you can show that to another, you're able to unwind so much of this stuff with grace, right? Like real deep grace of self. and just recognizing yeah exactly like you grew up with that like everybody like my boys are right now and that's why it's so important for me right now to like really try I don't ever want to shame them about it but I do want to educate them about it because once you learn something you can't unlearn it anymore Um, once you understand how like you know heroin affects you then if you go and do that then it's like you cannot you know, unlearn that, like, you know it, and you're making conscious decisions. And that's where I feel like the conscious element is really important um, in my work, in my life, in my relationships um, is consciousness of really bringing in to consciousness. Like I realize if I act like this, this is what happens. I'm still gonna do it, but I'm conscious of it, right? Like now I know, like I'm aware, not to like guilt or shame myself, but to bring that deeper level of awareness of self-realization of like how things are affecting me, um, positive, negative, whatever in my life, um, just really bringing a deep awareness and consciousness to everything that we do.
0: Yeah, and I, I just think it inspires me to hear how you're extending the authenticity and the honesty to parenting, to children too. And I hadn't really occurred, I was a teacher in the past too, so thinking about this with younger mm-hmm. kids, but to bring that around with, with teenage boys around um, sexuality and also I think drugs and alcohol are important to, be real about. It's just something that was missing in, um, just in some of my coming of age years. And I think many other people. So I just think, so, I just want to celebrate that again. You're doing that. And I'll add one, I'll add one uh, piece that's been on my mind around this, around sexuality too, especially witnessing men and their sexuality. Um, whether it's this Tantra retreat or being in men's group is that, and, and in my own experience is how service fits in to sexuality. And to me, I'm witnessing, and this, you know, goes back to getting, you know, the porn conditioning and the cultural conditioning of getting what you want out of sexuality, of, of trying to get the partner, the, 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 the one, you know, the person of your dreams or to get a sexual experience that's like you're fantasizing about that you see on porn or that you always wanted. And I, I'm getting a lot of gold lately shifting my s- sexual focus towards and my energy and my sensuality towards how can I be of service to my higher self? And how can I serve others with it? And I'm noticing how that's changing my energy around how I'm getting feedback from women and other people. I'm bringing this, as, by the way, as a, as a workshop to my men's group next week. So it's on my mind. I'm leading a piece on how do we direct our sexual energy towards service because I, I'm seeing men get caught in this, and myself getting caught in this almost hunter mentality of like, I'm trying to find this woman. I'm trying to um, pursue somebody. I'm trying to be this. Um, I'm, and it's not a heart-centered Condition. It's not a condition of. It's really helping them either because it creates a lot of pain for the for women, of course, and anyone receiving that attention. But also creates pain for the the man too, who is um, going to be disappointed, going to going to be his heart's protect. He's not open to really connect. He's not authentic when when you're in this um, the, playing this game. You're a player um, and not a person. And so, yeah, i love your, uh, anywhere you want to jump in on that, but that's something very alive for me this Uh, week.
1: I do have a question actually. Um, I'm really curious, like when you say, um, in service to another, if you can elaborate on that a little bit of like, in what way?
0: Well, I think you spoke really well to the self. You already spoke a lot about how sexuality can be in service to your higher self Mm -hmm. can be an integration process, a spiritual awakening process. So I think it's, you made it really clear. I thought you spoke my truth there around that. Mm -hmm. And I think in service to others, I think Let's just name that so maybe everybody has a trauma, depending on how you defend define trauma, that people are traumatized, people are working on their own conditioning, people, women are have been made to feel unsafe by men and hurt by men. So many women I talk to have a story or many stories or are living it right now. And so for a man to be able to take a step back from his own needs, from his own agenda, and to say like, oh, this is another human being that I'm with here that I want to also. To to be in support of this person achieving their own spiritual awakening, their own sexual healing, their own embodiment—that that's that's the service I'm talking about—is how can, and that's what I want to encourage men to like. Oh, let's let's take that perspective because that's going to serve them, and that's going to you know that's going to create the relationship they truly want in their life. That's going to get them to that partnership. I believe that's the, the more direct path to true desire and true true fulfillment and satisfaction in relationship. So that's what I'm that's what I mean by it.
1: No, thanks for elaborating on that. Absolutely. And I feel like um, it's so true, you know, like when we are able to like disconnect ourselves from only our own pleasure, you know, like I'm here, I need this, and this is it, you know, to actually being in service to the person that's with us, um, it just ripples out so much because you get back tenfold what you even try to like be in service to. And um, I feel like it just is like this beautiful energy that just feeds off of one another, you know, like as a person who is able to receive that um, from another uh, and is open to receiving, which is like such another huge topic of like so many women and um, are really unable to receive pleasure from their partner or unable to receive any kind of attention in that way. um, They shut themselves down because we've just been so conditioned that we just give, 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 you know, um, and we please and it's our duty and this is the way it is. And so to even be able to have a partner who is wanting to be in service to you and in devotion to you in that way is so powerful because then it just opens up like that surrender to one another, um, in my opinion, and where it's like not just, as you said, to get to the goal or just to, you know, satisfy one's needs in the moment but to really be in deep service of seeing the other person as like you're a divine counterpart of mine i want to be in service to you you know and that person showing and reflecting that back is beautiful and sacred in my opinion so thank you for sharing that thank you yes. for elaborating.
0: yes thank you for asking that question and there's a piece i want to add to that too that to build off what you're sharing around women being afraid to ask for what they want and men too i think i have that fear that what I'm talking about with service isn't, doesn't mean forget your desires, give up your desires, deny your desires. It means naming them, asking for them with consent, like building consent in. It, it, it means being authentic about what they are and creating a safe space for the partner to say no, your partner to say no to that, and a safe space for you to say no to them. And like that also is authenticity, is being strong with your no's and your yeses and consent. and something we work on in our events we've done. In other places the tantra event was great with this and um we're really bringing that home every day of own consent and so i think too it's it's modeling that that's part of it too is like is, i think that's the work i'm hearing you're doing too in coaching is some of that integration can, i think this can really coaching is an amazing place for people to do that work before they bring it to their partner um so yeah. i want to like it's another reason i wanted to um, highlight your work i think it's so it's so helpful it's been helpful to me to work one-on-one with coaches and therapists in this area so i love that you're doing
1: Thank you. And like to bring back the, uh, like the consent issue, or not issue, but just the consent dialogue and conversation, um, so many women, and I know I've talked about this as well on some of my um, shares, is that, I mean, when I say so many, I could probably say every woman or non-binary with female assigned a birth body that I've ever spoken to has at one point or another said yes to their partner Um, During intimacy when it was actually a no when their body was saying no They were like, yeah, sure. Just do it. Go ahead, you know, like fine Just get it over with like all of these stories that that you know women bodied beings are receptive and we receive, you know Um, And it's it's just so much, you know, we couldn't do that to a male counterpart, you know, like if he's not in the mood It's not happening, right? But for a female bodied individuals every single person I think I've ever spoken to with a female body has overstepped their own boundaries and even if, if it's their partner if it's their husband um you know boyfriend whatever said yes when their body was you know and that creates a lot of like tension it can over time create numbness and pain within the woman's body and just general blockage or numbness or checking out and being like okay just do your thing and she's over here somewhere else you know in, in the mind and it's just like, I really appreciate you bringing like the consent part because consent sometimes we feel like is just if it's really overtly unconsensual, you know, borderline sexual violence, it's not just that. Even in our own partnerships, being really attuned to the energy of our partner and really exactly as you said, getting that yes, you know, and really asking is this okay, Even if it's, even if it's a wife or somebody that you're with all the time making sure, you know, that they're okay with it because it is really, um, I'm witnessing something that, um, women are needing to unwind within their own bodies. It's actually presenting oftentimes physically in the body.
0: So is this an area you're supporting your clients, uh, female clients through this? And how do you, let's say a client comes to you with that challenge or has been, had, uh, challenging experiences, you know, with this, uh, is that, is that an area you're um, inspired to offer, so, like direct support on for a client? How would you do that?
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. So through my um, through their coaching program and the methodology, it's really desire based. Um, so and you know if we have any oftentimes when we see coaching or, or therapy or anything like that it's like oh what's wrong with me something's wrong with me but instead of like looking at all the things that are wrong we really try to look at what is it that we want so if, a, if somebody comes and really wants to feel pleasure again like they're numb you know or they experience pain and in, in their yoni or if they are unable to you know surrender to their partner and so we really start working with all of our tools and methodology to come down into that space in an embodied way, really send our energy there and start exploring what is happening here and really start unwinding. Why is this happening? Like, where is this coming from? Finding the inner, like the deeper root. And then there are a lot of um, practices around that I would be offering around just reclaiming that part of their body again. And it could even look as like, again, self-pleasure, guided self-pleasure practices where you're even just getting your energy there. And like, maybe maybe you only saying no, you know, like, no, don't. And you honor it and you say, okay. And in that practice, that's that. And then maybe the next practice you try again and it's like, okay, you know, you can enter a little bit. And it's like, just giving that trust back to self because especially if we've experienced any kind of sexual trauma or anything, it's basically taking power, right? It's like a power has been stripped away and reclaiming that power back to self and integrating, um, integrating the trauma. So we always recommend, I always recommend if people have experienced any kind of um, sexual abuse or trauma to make sure that they've had trauma therapy first. And then my role would be to help them integrate now so that it's no longer a blockage to exploring their own sensuality and sexuality and reclaiming their pleasure and actually working with with the energy of their sexuality. Um, so, yeah, so we definitely, I would definitely refer out, um, it's really important that people get held in that space of a trauma therapist container. Um, if that is, if that is the case, but then also to start integrating, because after that point, then you need to start integrating. So you can like live your whole beautiful life, you know, your best life.
0: Yeah. I think that's important to, to recognize the role of trauma therapy, but also realize that's not always, there's a whole practice after that too. Yeah. around healing both with you or the coaches or with partners and there's just more there's so much uh, good juicy work to do um, of healing around that and important trauma work to, to recognize and honor and i'm guessing well i'd like to hear i'm um, for men too is it the same like its own version of the process we talked about issues particular issues men might mm-hmm. be confronting but are you also working with men and offering a, a version of this
1: Yeah, Yeah, so I would love to work with men. Um, So a lot of the practices that we would offer, that I would offer with men also is creating. um, So something that's super common um, often in men's sexuality or a roadblock sometimes is like really creating that connection from the heart to the penis, right? So like, as you said, you know, when we're talking about porn or dopamine, it's just like all the energy is there and it's gone and that's it. But like really creating that channel of energy to open up to the heart to open up to the highest consciousness and to really create like the alignment, connecting your sexual center with all of you. Um, So bringing everything online instead of thinking of it as separate. So often I feel um, in our culture, we're taught like, especially men are taught like, yeah, pursue, go, and this is it. You know, like with like your sexuality is one thing and then love is over here and you know, everything else is over there, but it's like all bringing it together into alignment. So, working with men around the same things, you know, like you were expressing conditioning and patriarchy and everything affects men as much as it does women. And just finding those roots, like where is this coming from? Is this a voice I heard as a child? You know, like where am I having these things present in my body? Where am I holding and storing this blockage? Where am I holding and storing this pain? Really tapping into that energy, talking to it, creating connection with it, and then integrating it into our heart space so that that energy flow can be more present and open. It's like a channel. So hearing you,
0: you work with all gender identities here and mm-hmm. with the theme of there being, recognizing there's unique experiences and different gender identities people have had in bodies, but also these common themes of embodiment as being an important piece of, of integration, of working with conditioning and shame and other challenging parts. That's all um, on offer to everybody, it sounds like through the practice. You working yeah.
1: yeah it is and we got um i love this program it was a full year 650 hour really intense training and we had some um, really beautiful workshops um around like lgbtq plus community and just um, gender fluidity and gender non-conforming and being able to support space for everybody um so I really, really hope my intention is to be able to hold a really safe container for everyone, however they express themselves, because all of it is beautiful and all of it is perfect. And um, I really want to be able to be able to guide anyone who is seeking to come back home to themselves, who want to tune in to their own sexual energy, whatever that may look like, um, or their own heart space, you know, relating with others. So it's all very intertwined. And I'm hoping to be able to work with, with anyone who's called to work with me.
0: Amazing. Yes. And so people can reach out directly to you to get in touch. I can share your info, um, here and everywhere. Anyone's listening to this. I'll put Nils, uh, Nils contact, um, however you want to be. Um, but also I'd like to ask, or however you want to be engaged, but I also like to ask, um, uh, are there group offerings too that you're doing that you want to talk about right now or ways for groups to work with you without, maybe without a coaching, um, one-on-one relationship there are other types of offerings?
1: Yeah, so I'm hoping in the new year to, um, like, I'm right now in the process of putting together some group offerings for sure. Um, actually, I have one that I just posted this morning, December 15th, Wednesday night. It's going to be a guided meditation. Um, and it's all rooted around love, safety, and belonging, and finding love, safety, and belonging within ourselves. It's a beautiful meditation that we received, and I want I want to share especially during this holiday season right now that we're in and people can feel really disconnected or feeling lost or feeling like they don't have whatever it is that they're looking in their lives, feeling lonely. Um, and so really accessing that love, safety, and belonging within the self. And I'm going to guide in this one afterwards. Um, we receive this with a optional self-pleasure practice at the end, but um, since this is a live free offering, I'm not going to have like necessarily a self-pleasure practice, but I like to call it a pleasure practice where... Um, after we have the meditation and the guided meditation, the invitation is to just have sensual touch, you know, non-sexual um, sensual touch, and recognizing that we can access pleasure in all ways, in all forms, and just taking it beyond, you know, thinking that pleasure only comes from our one sexual organ. That it's accessible over our entire body, an entire energetic field, and um, and so I would love to anyone who wants to tune into that um and my instagram is kiss my bliss which i'll share all of that with you as well and i actually if it's okay i would love to share how i came to kiss my bliss
0: yeah please yeah And that workshop sounds lovely by the way too thanks for mm-hmm. offering that and yeah tell us about mm-hmm. kiss my bliss
1: yeah. So it's interesting. Um, during the second trimester, we call it over training over the summer. So as I was mentioning, the whole first part of the program was like all of these practices and meditations and all with the option of self-pleasure, um, and then the second trimester was very much on coaching. And so I kind of shelved all of the practices because I was so into coaching. And, um, but then one of the practices we had was a self, like, self-prescribed like self self-pleasure practice. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I had like my self-pleasure practice in the morning and it was beautiful. And then at night or in the evening, I went to Meridian Hill Park for yoga in the park. And I was just like laying there all blissed out in Shavasana thinking like, okay, what is it that I want to bring forth with this? You know, what am I doing? Now it's time for me to start thinking about how am I going to share this? You know, and it just came from like the sky. I felt like, like kiss my bliss because I just like, for me, it's like, like unraveling all of this stuff so that we can access our inner bliss. So I can say if I'm sitting by the beautiful stream, I'm kissing my bliss. You know, if I'm having a beautiful, sensual time with my partner, I'm kissing my bliss. Like no matter what joy that we're accessing in the moment, like really coming from a place of accessing joy and accessing that like sweetness within ourselves, like the nectar within ourselves. And that's where that's where Kiss My Bliss came from
0: that's lovely lovely. yeah Yeah, it's like
1: sensuality and sexuality liberation brings creativity right it's like a perfect example of how creativity was liberated in that moment for me
0: it's amazing and uh, yeah we didn't talk about it much too but you've been a yoga teacher for a long time right that's been that's been a big part of your growth and story and so yoga maybe before we you know close today i'd love to hear how you know, it's one reason I'm excited you're coaching too is you bring a lot more than just this. This is, sounds like it's the integration. It's, it's like the new practice that you're it's bringing together everything else, but just some of the other, if there's other parts of you you wanna name that are, you're bringing into your work and just things that are still you know living in you right now that you wanna share about.
1: Thank you, thank you for seeing that in me, Jake. Um, yeah, so even more than a yoga teacher, I'm just a lifelong yoga student. Um, And I got my teacher training in 2015. But yeah, so I've been practicing for over 20 years. My oldest is 18 now. And I did prenatal with all three of them. And even if I can't like get on my mat, like yoga is part of who I am. It's like in every cell of my body as far as self-study and presence and mindfulness. Um, So it's, it's real integral part of who I am. And I feel like having practice, having been so grounded in my own energy and understanding how to come into my own center, into my own alignment, I really am able to hold that container with others where it's a really grounded space. Um, so I feel like my yoga mindfulness practices for, you know, over two decades really serves me um, in a space where I can hold a container of, you know, potentially really emotional, you know, processing in a really grounded space and, dance, as you know, is where you and I had um, met as well, um, in conscious dance circles, um, is the playful part of me. And like, that's the playfulness in me as well that I want to bring into my container of like, everything is as hard as life is, like, we can still access our joy, we can still access having fun and being in our light. And having both you know not thinking like i have to solve all of my inner child problems and i have to do all of these things before i can finally be happy like no it's like i can grieve the loss of my parents and i can also dance with it and cry with it and have that joy in that moment of like when i'm crying in five rhythms like crazy but i'm also dancing you know and like bringing that into the container as well and um and really just feeling alive like aliveness um, so I think like groundedness, playfulness, and aliveness are my three flavors that I hope to bring into every container that I am a part of, and I'm um, really feeling alive. And that's why I feel like um, this conversation around sensuality and sexuality is so important because it makes us feel so freaking alive, right? And so connected to everything, and um, and it's accessible. It's our birthright. You know, pleasure is our birthright, and just getting finding the path back there. We all had it with us from birth but so many roadblocks that we're just trying to overcome now to get back to that place.
0: Absolutely, yes. And I loved your words. Was it grounded, playfulness, and? Aliveness. Aliveness, yeah. And I've always experienced you too as having a great balance of gentleness and strength too. Definitely Mm -hmm. a grounded person. Certainly, I mean, I've known Nil for some years now, and so just for people listening to this, really do recommend her, just from my personal connection to you, as someone who's like very safe to work with, very, you know, when I say gentle and strong, you mentioned how you hold containers very well. Um, just someone that I think as a coach, I think also one thing for, if you're getting hiring a coach too, it's someone who you want to see every day, every week for an hour. Um, and I, I know like, no, it's some, definitely someone I would w- like love to talk to every week too. Um, definitely based on this conversation it has been so lovely and inspiring for me. And so, yeah, I think it's beautiful that you're stepping up in your facilitation and your service uh, work here, helping others. And so, yeah, that's, it was like a no brainer for me to have you on, uh, on the show this, uh, for this episode. And I'm also just before we close out, is there anything else you want to share or question um, that I didn't ask that you'd um, want to expand on?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I just feel like, um, I was just feeling like into everything that you were just sharing right now. And it just came to my mind, like as you were, you know, expressing our connection and everything and service that I really feel like this is my deepest service that I can offer. Um, I feel like my real service to humanity my life purpose and it's like it's so beautiful that it just arrived to me like i was like what should i do and like i was mentioning before like spirit just was like here and i was like ah! and as much as i love yoga and it's so part of who i am like teaching yoga and classes just never really resonated with me like i taught yoga but it wasn't like something i was super passionate to do and this is something that i am like so on fire about and so passionate about and um and so i just wanted to share that as well like i'm I feel really blessed and honored to have like this path of of deep service being fellow virgos we love to be in service and, um, and i'm serve. like really grateful to you know to be here with you on the show and to you know be able to offer this as my service um to anyone who's looking to integrate you know past life stuff and really come into wholeness again
0: what a beautiful offer and please keep us in the four gardens community keep us posted on uh, all the offerings and things you're doing for us to help promote and share and just yeah i really want to support you on this new on this new venture this new journey and really grateful for you coming on today and sharing your light with uh with the audience and, and growing with us
1: thank you jake it was such a pleasure to be here this is so fun thank you thanks Nell. and i also and oh did you already cut it
0: no please go continue
1: No, I just wanted to say that I wanted to celebrate you and your journey and that I have been like watching you from afar and just like living vicariously through your travels and through all of the wisdom that you've been gaining. I can just um, producing this now is like such a perfect fit for you. And I love the theme, the four gardens and cultivating yourself um, and all of the energy and intention that you have behind this. I just wanted to celebrate and shine for you for a minute. Um, let you know how important this work is that of what you're trying to do and help people also grow their beautiful garden. Um, So thank you for that. Thank you for your service.
0: (sighs) Thanks for that. Neil. I'm just receiving that uh, soaking that in. And now you're part of it. You know, you're by coming on the podcast, you've um, you're part Mm -hmm. of what we're creating here with the four gardens, um, helping people to cultivate themselves, cultivating ourselves in our gardens. And um, I've just been writing about sexuality too and how that's, how that's a part of the work we're doing. So people who enjoyed this, how that's part of self-cultivation. It's key. Like your work, I think you talk to me, feels like cultivation of a really important uh, piece of us that I see stretching through all the four gardens, um, health, nature, creativity, and service being in all of them. And I'm going to be doing more work with people working on relationships, professionally and sexu- sexuality. I'll have a Tantra teacher on in a few weeks at Hakeem. tantrika is coming on. Someone, a new friend I met in Mexico who is a wonderful writer and teacher and facilitator is coming on and so I want to keep um keep this as part of that self-cultivation work and um, don't want to you know ex- exclude that too often sexuality and relationships are um, put on the outside or made to be extractive you know I'm talking a lot about with four gardens um, we're not doing personal development we're doing personal cultivation that we're not to me, like we're not trying to extract the, the partner or the sexuality we want, but cultivate ourselves and let that grow in our lives. And I see that very aligned to your way of thinking. Um, so let's keep cultivating yeah. out there and keep growing together. So thank you again.
1: Thank you, Donna. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much to everyone for listening. Thank you, Nil. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe this episode to check out all of Nil's links below. Um, Just really grateful for everybody listening to the end. This was a really special episode. And just a reminder, keep on growing.